Placemakers is made possible by J.P. Morgan Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to expanding access to opportunity for all people and advancing economic growth in all places. Learn more about their global commitment by going to jpmorganchase.com. Karnisha Kwashi gets around Philadelphia on a bicycle. She pedals to meetings, her daughter's preschool, all over town. And when she does, she says she gets quite the enthusiastic response. So I get a go, girl. You know, I get a woohoo. They're so proud of this wonderful, you know, thicker sister on a bike. And not just any bike, a bright blue bike share bike. Karnisha says she hopes someday it will be no big deal to see an African-American woman riding around on two wheels, especially in Philly. Because this is a majority black city. I should see people who look like me. Karnisha actually helped bring BikeShare to the city in 2015. She's the grant manager of something called the Better BikeShare Partnership. That's a collaboration the JPB Foundation funds to build equitable and replicable BikeShare systems. So Karnisha thinks all day long about how to get more people, especially people who look like her, to ride Philadelphia's Bicycles for Rent. Not only is biking healthier and quicker, she says, but it's far cheaper than getting around in a car. All she needs to do is convince a million and a half people. I'm Rebecca Shear, and from Slate Magazine, this is Placemakers, stories about the spaces we inhabit and the people who shape them. Today, bike share programs are popping up in cities across the country, and statistics show they tend to be used by the same kind of people, younger, more affluent, and white. Philadelphia hopes to make its bike share system more diverse and appeal to a much wider population. Placemakers producer Diana Douglas tells us how. In April 2015, Philadelphia Mayor Michael Nutter and hundreds of people gathered at the city's huge art museum. They milled about on the steps, once memorialized in the movie Rocky. A DJ spun tunes and people danced along. Then the mayor grabbed the microphone and... Everyone hopped on 300 brand new bikes. They are heavy, bright blue, totally distinctive from regular road and mountain bikes. On this inaugural outing, people rode through town and then docked the bikes at dozens of bike share stations. Indigo, Philly's bike share, was open for business. If you have no idea what bike share is, here's the concept. You approach a kiosk, rent a bike for half an hour, ride to the grocery store or to work or wherever, find another station, maybe with the help of an app on your phone, park the bike at a dock, walk away, and never worry about it getting stolen or getting a flat tire. The idea started in Europe. I took a trip to France to uh, see a friend of mine who lived in Lyon, very first thing I saw when I got out of the train station there was a They Love, which is the name of the bike program there. Russell Medin is one of the godfathers of Indigo. He loved bike sharing in France and wanted it back home. To him, Philadelphia and Lyon are similar. They're both at the confluence of two rivers, full of universities, beautifully flat. Medin started pushing for bike share in 2006. You have to think about this is a public service. It is public transportation. And in many cities, uh, public transportation is highly subsidized. Back then, though, City Hall wasn't interested. Fast forward 10 years. In the United States, we went from one or two programs in 2010 to now we have over 100. 
in big cities and small cities, from Topeka, Kansas to New York, soon to be Los Angeles, soon to be Richmond, Virginia, Baltimore, uh, Maryland, uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge. This connection to Europe has been great for the image of bike shares. Squint your eyes and maybe you're in Amsterdam instead of Topeka, riding a stylish, heavy Dutch bicycle. But that same image has also been bike share's weakness. And what you're seeing with bike share is that it, the early adopters that use it first, often, yeah, young white males. Gabe Klein created Capital Bike Share in D.C. It's the nation's most successful bike share. Here's the problem. In D.C., a city that's half black, only 3% of bike share users were black, according to a 2013 survey. Most of the riders were wealthy. Bike share is usually paid for with a combination of public and private money, so it doesn't seem right that the benefits are only going to one already privileged group. Klein also brought bike share to Chicago. Initially, the bike stations were concentrated in affluent, mostly white neighborhoods. I think we stigmatize transportation in the United States. We've said, okay, the bus is for poor people. The rail, well, that's acceptable for wealthier people. The car is a real status symbol. And the status of bikes? Still to be determined as a public transit option. When Philly started looking in earnest at starting a bike share program, they wanted to do better. You need different voices in the room with different perspectives. You can't just talk about diversity and inclusion. That's where Karnisha Kwashi comes in. She joined the mayor's office in Philadelphia in 2014 with a specific assignment, make bike share accessible and appealing to low-income people and to minorities. Don't just hire me on a team and not allow me to make decisions or have the power uh, to make a decision. Now stop for a second and think about how you would do this if this were your job. How would you reach low-income people or minorities in your city to get them to ride shared bicycles? Karnisha Kwashi had a philosophy for how to influence people. Find people who are trusted in these communities and get them to do the convincing. I'm not a transportation person, so when I came in, I was like, who are our partners? At Indigo, she says she got blank stares. Because relationships, I don't care what project you're working on, relationships are key. They're everything. They're everything. So before Indigo launched, Kwashi had hundreds of meetings with people who work in low-income and minority communities, soup kitchens and churches and programs for at-risk young people and adult literacy programs. I don't go in talking about, you're going to love this new fantastic public transportation option because I'm here telling you about I go in very humble. I go in and let them lead me and tell me where the conversation's going to go because I'm on their turf. With her staff on her turf, she's more forceful. One of her first acts in the mayor's office was to make everyone on her team volunteer during a day of service, get out of City Hall, and meet some of the people that they were trying to reach. I have certainly worked <laughs> on teams where I may be the only person of color, maybe the only female, maybe the only one who comes from a working class um, background. I believe that in order for us to provide really great service, we have to understand who we are and where we come from. 
Quashi knew that the critical work had to happen before the official launch. In the months before any Indigo bikes appeared on city streets, she pushed hard for her bosses to hire more people of color. Next, she gave away hundreds of free memberships. She hired community leaders in poor neighborhoods, called them ambassadors, and paid them to take their friends on group rides. The ambassador tactic is common in public health. Say, for instance, an NGO wants to get prostitutes in Nairobi to use condoms. They'll give them to social leaders and use peer pressure. Kwashi bet this idea could work for bikes. Then she found an AmeriCorps program that was doing job training for high school dropouts and people coming out of prison called PowerCorps. Kwashi gave everyone in the program, about 80 people, a free trial membership. She also led group rides for the PowerCorps staff, a rolling staff meeting. And she found a way for people to rent bikes without a credit card. Now Philly is the only city where people can pay for bike share with cash. Transportation is so expensive when you're lower income or living in poverty that it creates uh, a bigger barrier sometimes than I think people recognize and understand. Many of the people Kwashi had been cultivating showed up to the launch party to ride bikes with the mayor on that chilly day in April 2015. Mayor Nutter also stuck to the script that bike share was for everyone. We've spent the last few years, more than a few years, planning and building low-cost, easily accessible, health-conscious transportation system that can serve so many diverse communities all across the city of Philadelphia. A month after Indigo's launch, the city compiled data on the people who had tried bike share. 21% were low income. To an extent, the city of brotherly love has succeeded in getting less privileged residents to try Indigo, but it still has a long way to go. After the break, we'll hear why. Hey, I'm Brian Babylon. Placemakers is made possible by J.P. Morgan Chase. Economic recovery is no easy task. In many cities, incomes are shrinking and families and communities are struggling. J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to helping solve the problem. J.P. Morgan Chase is deploying $1 billion towards programs focused on expanding access to opportunities and advancing economic growth around the world. In New Orleans, J.P. Morgan Chase is committed to helping reverse decades of economic decline. Greg Rattler is a relationship executive in J.P. Morgan Chase's commercial bank union and a lifelong resident of New Orleans. He has witnessed massive change in his hometown. Here, Greg talks about one area in particular that J.P. Morgan Chase is helping to revive, O.C. Haley Boulevard. My day job here at J.P. Morgan Chase is to be a commercial banker, but on a personal note, I have very fond memories of the O.C. Haley Central City Quarter. Many of the early memories I have of that part of New Orleans dates back to the, the original Dried's YMCA, where I first learned to swim. That, coupled with the Ashe Cultural Arts Center, Cafe Reconcile, all of these are now iconic organizations and entities that people have come to appreciate for their, I guess, their catalytic impact 
of the physical recovery of the city, but the human capital and the human aspect of this city's uh, resurgence. J.P. Morgan Chase is focused on helping all communities. Learn more by going to jpmorganchase.com. From Slate Magazine, it's Placemakers. I'm Rebecca Shear. Today, we're visiting Philadelphia to hear how the city is trying to crack the code on making its bike share system, Indigo, more accessible and appealing to low-income and minority residents. Diana Douglas picks up our story. I'm in a van with Trey Duffy, one of the people in charge of balancing the bike share system in Philadelphia. We drive between bike stations, taking bikes from full stations and docking them at empty stations. If you want to rent a bike, of course it's not good if you go to a station that's empty because you can't rent it. But it's even worse if you have a bike that you've rented that you're on the clock with and you go to a station that's full and you can't drop your bike off. Duffy drives a lot around city center. It's a dense, wealthy neighborhood in the heart of Philly, where most of the bike stations are and where the busiest stations are. So that's Ray Street there, and this is six. And there's another one just one block that way, Independence Mall. This one gets pretty good use. It's a busy one. In the mornings, he has to empty out the station at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia multiple times. In the evenings, he brings bikes there multiple times. Lots of commuters who don't want to scramble for a bike or for a place to park it. Currently, about a third of Indigo's docking stations are in low-income and primarily non-white neighborhoods. So I was like, man, I got all these stations I got to learn. I don't know all these streets. I heard of these streets, but I've never been on Tasker before. I've been on Tasker Street, actually. It's in Point Breeze, down on Philly's south side, a much different neighborhood from where Duffy spends most of his time shuttling bikes. He doesn't travel to Tasker Street too often because it's one of the lesser-used stations in the system. In fact, the least-trafficked bike-share docks in Philly are those in low-income, non-white neighborhoods. Carney Shakwashi, grant manager in the mayor's office, has had a couple of years now to try and make bike share more popular in these places. One of her foot soldiers was Anton Moore, a bike share ambassador. It was like this big mystery behind these bikes. You see these blue bikes riding through your community. You see the bike stations all over. People want to know, how much is it? And then people were coming up with their own theories. Oh, you pay $30 a day to ride that? Moore is a real presence in the Point Breeze neighborhood. He runs a nonprofit called Unity in the Community. It tries to keep young people from getting caught up in gun violence. Hi. Hey, how you doing? We rode around his neighborhood, and he knew everyone. How you been? But when his year as an Indigo ambassador was up and the blue bikes were no longer free for him, Moore didn't buy a membership. He told me it was too expensive. You have families out there who unfortunately can't afford $15 a month. Actually, the mayor's office asked hundreds of low-income people how much they would be willing to pay for a monthly pass. The average answer, $5. So that's how much it costs now for the very poor. Anton Moore falls in that huge category of people who aren't on public assistance and therefore don't qualify for the $5 a month rate, but who are also watching their wallets. Wallets. 
So here's something that completely floored me. The U.S. Census found that most bike commuters are actually poor in minorities. Biking is definitely the cheapest way to get to and from a job, or at least to and from public transportation. If you use bike share in Philly, we're talking 50 cents a day if you pay full price, or pennies a day if you're low income. But there's a crucial difference between someone riding a bike to a work site because it's his only way of getting there, and someone who chooses to leave his car at home and cruise around his neighborhood on a steel Dutch bicycle. In poor neighborhoods, riding a bike is a signal that you don't have a car. Anton Moore told me how embarrassing it is to be caught on a bike that breaks down, and how vulnerable he feels. I know I don't have, a pa I don't have patience for fixing a bike or hauling it down the street. I did it one time, and it was the most humiliating thing in the world. As you're walking, it was hot outside, you're walking the bike, people are riding by like, anything I can do to help you? Just keep moving, I'm just like, never again. Back at the mayor's office, Karnisha Kwashi knows this, that biking has an image problem among poor people. It's true in Beijing and Delhi and Manila, too. She just wants bike share to be in a different category in people's minds. I really hope that, in particular with bike share, that folks won't say that's something that I need to ride because I can't afford a car. Kwashi says she's never had a driver's license. She has trains, buses, bikes, walking, Uber and Lyft, taxis, many choices for how to get around. And she wants everyone in Philly to feel the same freedom of movement. She wants to open every part of the city up to everyone. And she feels like Bikeshare could do it. My grandmother and, and grandfather and family members, they grew up in an America where they were taught what they could and could not do. I grew up in that same America, too. But what they raised me to believe is to disbelieve that I could not do something just because I'm black. On my last trip to Philly from Washington to visit Kwashi, I instinctively checked Google Maps for the best route. From the Amtrak station, it was faster to bike than to drive. So I walked past a line of taxis to an Indigo kiosk, paid $4, and hopped on a bike. These days, Atlanta, Los Angeles, Chicago, even New York, they're all looking to Philadelphia to see how they can reach into lower-income neighborhoods and open people's hearts to bike share. And Karnisha Kwashi has handed out grant money from the JPB Foundation to cities trying to attract lower-income riders. But when it comes to funding, she says in Philly, Indigo isn't really about getting a return on investment. A quarter of the program's operating costs are covered by its sponsor, Independence Blue Cross. In fact, that's where Indigo gets its name. Independence, Indigo, get it. Anyway, member revenue takes care of the other three quarters of Indigo's operating costs. So it isn't like Indigo needs these riders to keep the system afloat. It just wants them so that the people pedaling on Indigo's two wheels truly represent one city. Our story today was reported by Diana Douglas. Placemakers is a production of Slate Magazine and is produced by Mia Lobel, Diana Douglas, and Michael Volo, and edited by Julia Barton. Our researcher is Matthew Schwartz. Eric Shimalonis does our mixing and musical scoring. Our theme was composed by Robin Hilton. Steve Lichtai is our executive producer. I'm Rebecca Shear. 
For more information about today's show and other episodes of Placemakers, go to slate.com slash placemakers. You can drop us a line at placemakers at slate.com and follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at Slate Placemaker. And if you like what you hear, please take a moment and give us a rating or a review on iTunes. It really does help. Coming up next time on Placemakers, residents of the U.S. Capitol call her the warrior on the hill. See if you can guess why. And gentlemen, home rule. I will not yield, sir. The District of Columbia has spent 206 years yielding. Eleanor Holmes Norton is the District of Columbia's representative in Congress. She doesn't have a vote, but she does have a fight to win statehood for the 670,000 people of Washington, D.C. Hey, you still here? If so, we have an extra added bonus for you this week, a little piece from our own Matthew Schwartz, who took a bike ride with a mom in Philadelphia who doesn't just enjoy indigo. She goes out of her way to use it. It's just after 6 a.m. when I arrive at the apartment of Sway Hill in North Philly. We're about to begin a multimodal odyssey to get to work, which includes a walk, a bus, another bus, bike share, and another bus. First stop, picking up milk for her kids. Chocolate milk. I got that. Chocolate milk. That's a good song. That's a good song. You make that up? Yes. It's quite a process for Hill, getting her three kids ready, taking them to daycare, and then making it to her first of two jobs that she'll work today. Her commute takes an hour, sometimes an hour and a half. You ready to go off the bus? We pick up breakfast for the kids. You're going to get a banana? Yeah, that's we do this every day. <laughs> Finally, after a bus ride and a walk of several blocks, we drop them off at daycare. Bye-bye, Brooklyn. Bye-bye. Hill is a single mother with two jobs. Job number one is with Power Corps, doing landscaping work at sites throughout the city. Then it's on to her next job. Like, today, I get off at Power Corps at, thir- at 4.30, and I have to be at the stadium at 5. What do you do at the stadium? Uh, I work for the recycling center, so okay. Yeah, you know, everybody brings all their trash down from all around the stadium and the parking lots, and then we sort it and get. We take the bus a few more stops to the nearest Indigo station with two bikes available. It turns out Hill doesn't have to ride Indigo bike share to work. It doesn't save her any time. She could take buses the entire way. She's essentially following the bus route on her Indigo bike, but this. This half hour between when she drops the kids off and when she bikes to the first of her two jobs. This is her time. It's her only time, really, to have fun. (laughs) She does this every morning. If I don't get exercise and eat like some type of fruit, then I'd be like walking around at work tired. This building right next to us is called, over here on the right side, it's called Achievement Independence Center. That's an organization that helps people in foster care. Hill knows it because she's been in foster care. She hasn't had the easiest life. She's gotten in trouble with the juvenile justice system. But now she's working. She's got a nice place, some adorable kids. And Indigo is part of what helps keep her life together. In fact, Hill loves Indigo so much that she entered an essay contest. It asked, what does Indigo mean to you? And she won. Now, if I'm not mistaken... Two blocks up, is a, someone told me there's a billboard with my picture on there. 
Hill actually won the contest months ago, but she's never seen her prize, an indigo kiosk with her face on it. She's pretty excited. Oh, I see it, over there. I'm waiting to upload some pictures to my own Facebook. <laughs> and in Hill's community, word of mouth is important. You said you have a lot of friends who are on welfare. Or yeah. Do they use bike share? Yeah, that's only because I told them. They just, people are see the bikes, but they don't know what these are. And people would be like, how you get on that bike? How you get there? Like, people just always ask me, how you get that bike? Walking up to a government-created bike kiosk and reading instructions just isn't done in this neighborhood. You say they don't want to walk up and, and look and read? Why? Is that like a dorky thing? I'm for, probably for them, not for me. But it's, so it's like a social yeah. stigma. What are you doing over there? What are you doing, man? <laughs> OK. After posting pictures, we keep riding just a little longer. Eventually, Hill will take another bus to PowerCore, where she'll spend eight hours landscaping, and then another bus to the recycling center, where she'll spend hours sorting through trash. In the morning, she'll start all over again, taking the kids out for bananas, and then school. But for now, it's just Hill and her bike. That was fun. <laughs> so, you got your exercise out of the way. I got my fruit in my bag. Now when I get to work, I'm energized. What was it like before bike sharing? Good morning, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>